Welcome to The Real Life Show, Living with a Chronic Illness. We are your hosts, Cassie and Chelsea. I'm Cassie, a single mom living with a chronic illness who is extremely passionate about living a very full and happy life. And I'm Chelsea. I have a passion for helping people to put themselves first and to be the best versions of themselves each and every day. We came together to create the Wellness Hub, which is an uplifting community that offers resources, guidance, support, and offers you the space to be yourself, be heard, and feel understood. We hope that by providing a space to share tips and tricks, that we help people with chronic conditions to thrive and live the lives they've dreamed of. This show is not only for those who live with a chronic illness or disability, but their friends, family, spouses, and just anyone else existing on the earth. Our goal is to normalize having a chronic condition by sharing real stories with real people and show the world how relatable these everyday struggles can be. There's a little something in here for everyone. And a special shout out to our community, The Wellness Hub. Thanks to your contributions, we are able to provide flexible work opportunities for Spoonies, to donate to our nonprofit Spoonies Unite, which helps provide wellness treatments for those who need it, and supports us in our endeavors. To learn more, visit the show notes. Enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's episode with Maggie Boyer, who is a poet, cat parent, and the author of The Whole Story and When I Bleed Poems About Endometriosis. They are a blogger and essayist with a focus on endometriosis, fibromyalgia, and chronic pain. They have been featured in Borgian Magazine, Capsule Stories, Detour Head, Written Tales, Scribe, and more. They were the editor-in-chief of the Lariat newspaper, a quarter finalist in Brave New Voices 2016, and they were a Marilyn Miller Poet Laureate. Maggie is such a bright light. She's got so much positivity and so much hope. And they do a great job talking about tangible tips of how to find radical acceptance, which you'll hear Maggie talk all about in this episode. And I just, I think you all are really going to enjoy the perspectives that Maggie brings to this conversation. So we hope that you enjoy it and let us know what you think. Let Maggie know what you think and have fun listening to this fun convo in your ears. Hi everyone. We have Maggie Boyer with us today. Hi Maggie. Hi. Hi everyone. How are you? We're so excited to have you on. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. So great. So Maggie, Can you tell our lovely listeners a little bit about who you are, your story, and how you've gotten to where you are today? Absolutely. So I'm from North Carolina, um, from the Piedmont area, and uh, I've been dealing with chronic illness for a little over 13 years now, um, but uh, my story involves a really lengthy delay. I didn't get diagnosed with anything until two years ago. Um, So a very long diagnostic delay and some losses accumulation of different symptoms and different illnesses without answers. So uh, my main focus on my health has been endometriosis, fibromyalgia, uh, complex post-traumatic stress disorder, and a bunch of pelvic pain and other pain generators. So uh, definitely that took a while to get diagnosed. I think that a lot of people with uh, menstrual issues or just any like marginalized person has to go through so much to get diagnosed with anything. So mm-hmm. I think that that's like an important part of my story. Cause I think a lot of people relate to that. Um, Absolutely. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's, it's great to have you on to talk about that and the difficulties of a long mysterious illness and then finally getting a diagnosis. Well, and then when you find out it's a very common illness and that Mm -hmm. a lot of those illnesses chronically overlap and people just missed it. It's very, it takes a lot of what I'm going to talk about later, radical acceptance of Mm -hmm. what happened to lead to here. So, um, yeah, I think that a lot of people relate to that. Like when I look back on my journey, it really started, um, my more mild or vague symptoms, the GI and bladder stuff that all started when I was like eight. Um, I remember my, uh, cheerleading coach at the time was like, pulled my parents aside and was like, I think Maggie's going through puberty. Like they need like a bra and stuff like that. And, um, that's kind of when all my other issues started. Uh, so looking back, it very much coincides. Uh, but the ER level pain started about a month after my 10th birthday. I was in Hobby Lobby and I got my period for the first time. Oh, shoot. <laughs> and Um, I was on vacation at the beach, so I, you know, started using internal products immediately, um, and with endometriosis, that was very difficult, um, but I look back and, like, we started going to the hospital, the ER, I did a lot of ER trips and things like that, a lot of ultrasounds, MRIs, it's appendicitis, no, it's not, like, all that kind of stuff, and then eventually I got sent to a specialist, and, I did a colonoscopy. I was 12. Um, Funny story, because I'm sure you have had lots of colonoscopies, Mm -hmm. Cassie. I have, yes. Great time. (laughs) Right, right. But um, I remember I woke up in the middle of my colonoscopy because I was allergic to the medicine that they put me under. And so like, I was like 12. I woke up and I come back into the like room and I'm telling my mom all about it. I'm like, I woke up and she's like, there's no way you woke up. That just doesn't happen doctor comes yeah. in and is like so Maggie had an allergic reaction and woke up dang yeah so, that's yeah, a lot all, yeah all of that happened and then everybody was like eh, we don't really know it's probably psychiatric um because my mom had a lot of chronic illnesses herself so she dealt with autoimmune issues a lot um myasthenia gravis she had Crohn's disease she had like several different things And endometriosis was one of them, but we knew so much less about endo and so Mm -hmm. much less awareness about endo a decade ago. So, um, she didn't really know that what I was dealing with was the same thing, uh, endometriosis wise. And looking back, we often both flared at the same time and it was because our cycles were in sync. Um, So everybody was like, oh, you're just like reacting to your parent and that's normal. Go to a psychologist. So I did. Uh, I got diagnosed with PTSD and I stopped kind of going to medical doctors. I was like, okay, we'll just focus on this. And I ended up having several more big traumas happen. um, And my mom eventually passed away when I was 16. And um, so all of that happened. I was diagnosed with PTSD and I kind of just disassociated through a lot of high school. So I wasn't really in my body. And then I remember the pain getting so bad that it like broke through that disassociation. And now like I have a lot of skills to deal with all of this, which I'm Mm -hmm. so excited to talk to everybody about because it's not like a hopeless journey when you have a lot of rough medical, mental, any of that. It's not like the end of everything. Um, But I disassociated and I remember the pain hit me and I was TAing. So I kind of leave the room whenever I wanted without asking. It was my senior year of high school. 
this was, oh my gosh, I'm getting old. This was 2015, 2016. Um, I know I'm not old, like on the grand scheme of things, but, <laughs> no, it's, but it, really it's weird. weird. To, yeah. Yeah. I was like writing out some stuff yesterday and I was like, okay, pelvic pain. I went to the hospital in 2008 yeah. and I was like, yeah. 2008. I, I know that's old. crazy. I yeah. understand. So, I graduated yeah. high school 2012 and I had 2012? a friend, I had a friend recently be like, Hey, um, do you think these college students are going to get a anchorman reference? It came out 17 years ago. And I was like, anchorman came out 17 years ago. That's crazy. No. I was no. in 2007. 2007. See, my mom was like very young. My mom was born in 78. And so, um, yeah, so she wasn't, she like was that young old. when she passed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's I only watched, 10 like, years older than me. Yeah. Yeah. She was 36. Um, yeah. So that was like definitely very hard. And I have a, I have three younger brothers. Um, I have a full younger brother who is, oh my God, he turned 20. Oh, See everything and like everything's getting so old. And then I have a five and four year old brother from wow. my dad's second marriage with my lovely, wonderful stepmom who also okay. has endometriosis. Dang. So that's the thing. Everyone in my life had endo and still mm. nobody could recognize it. Um, yeah, that's I so interesting. Of, yeah. And I had a lot of like extra pelvic symptoms and like non pelvic endo symptoms and I still do. And so it definitely was like weird. So I started like I remember my senior year of high school, back to that, um, I was, when the pain first broke through, I was TAing and like, all of a sudden I just felt like chest pain down my arm, nerve pain. And I was like, what is going on? And so I just like tried to make it out of the classroom and I did. And then I fell and I fainted in the hallway. And I remember one of my classmates from like a different class was like walking by and he said, are you okay? And I like stood up. I was like, I'm just gonna get to the bathroom. And I went to the bathroom and I was like drenched in sweat and like took off all my clothes in the stall. Like one of those type of moments. And, um, I was ovulating and I didn't know, I never like occurred to me that it could be related to my cycle. I started like fainting at work and that stuff started happening like more and more frequently. It was like once every six months, then once every three months. And it just like got more and more frequent. And I started like fainting at work or throwing up. And, you know, when you work in food, you can't do that. And when you work Mm -hmm. in retail, you also can't faint in front of a customer. Like they don't Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. So, um, I lost several jobs. Like I had gotten awards at these jobs and like all these things, but you know, absences just accumulated every month. I was missing eight days. Mm-hmm. And so finally, like, I was like, okay, I should go back to the doctor. Yeah. <laughs> My friends were like, Maggie, you weigh 80 pounds. You need to go to the doctor. And I was like, okay, yeah, I guess mm-hmm. you're right went to the doctor and they were like, Oh my gosh. And this was 2017, 2018, mm-hmm. 2018. Um, they were like, Oh my gosh, like, why haven't you been coming in to us? I'm like, well, I didn't think I did forever ago. So I went through the same exact rounds of testing and I was like, okay, getting an ultrasound, MRI, all this stuff. And nothing came back went to the GI, nothing came back. I got diagnosed with abdominal migraines, which I do think I actually have, but it wasn't like the main player in everything. So I was so lucky. I was scrolling Instagram and I saw a post for endometriosis awareness month. 
And that's why I think that like the work you guys do and the work, like I try and share stuff on my Instagram, like my personal one about all of these illnesses and like just being disabled and things like that. Um, because like, I think that more people need to know, like, mm-hmm. I didn't know that anything was like wrong. I kept fainting and vomiting and missing work. And on like day two or three of missing work, I'd get my period. And I'd be like, well, thank goodness I'm at home already. Like I can deal with this at home. And I never put two and two together. Right. Cause nobody else had. And I mean, like I was even younger than I am now. So like part of the journey of chronic illness, I think is like forgiving yourself for the things you didn't know. Mm -hmm. Like you can't hold on to like, oh man, I wish I had known this long ago. Cause that's just not reality. Like you have to accept the current reality. Um, so yeah, I think that I then saw a post on Instagram and I was like, oh my God, these are all my symptoms. Like what? And I started messaging this, my friend, she's a very close friend of mine now. Um, and I started messaging her. I was like, oh my gosh, like, what is this? And she told me all about it. So I went to my stepmom's doctor who had treated her for endo, gave me a pelvic exam that I cried during. And then he was like, you don't have endo, you're fine. And so I was like, okay, I guess I need to do some more research. So I did more research and I found a doctor in my state that actually did excision and like focused on endo. And first visit, she was like, you probably have endometriosis. And so I got a laparoscopic surgery in August of 2019. At this point, I had only been diagnosed with PTSD and abdominal migraines and regular migraines. <laughs> I know none of that's like, that stuff is kind of a big deal, but like in my grand scheme, that's just kind of like the smaller mm-hmm. stuff. Um, so I got diagnosed with endometriosis. I had deeply infiltrating endometriosis excised but I didn't get really any relief from my surgery. And it turns out my surgeon had just completed her fellowship and um, was actually like very unskilled. And about 5% of people with endo have the kind I have. And it's considered like the most aggressive and the most painful of an already like really painful disease. Like anyone out there with any type of endo, like please know that your pain is valid no matter what stage you're at or kind. Like, oh my God, (laughs) don't ever like, take that Mm -hmm. like that. But, um, yeah. So I was just like, oh man, started talking to other people and they were like, you really need expert help. So right now I'm seeking out help with the center for endometriosis care in Atlanta. Mm. Um, they're kind of the biggest in the world for treating endo. So I'm, am looking into that. Um, but I started like recognizing that none of my symptoms were normal and I kept going to the doctors and I finally in March of this year, got diagnosed with fibromyalgia and looking at the symptom list, I started having symptoms in late middle school and I've accumulated the symptoms over years. So now I have over 200 symptoms of fibromyalgia. So I, I just like want people to know what these illnesses are so they can recognize it earlier and get help earlier. Because the thing about a lot of these illnesses, they're progressive when they're not treated, you know? And so it kind of like, I can only get say 30% better, which I fight for that because optimal health is so important and doing whatever Mm -hmm. you can for you is like so important. Mm -hmm. But it's like, I know that if I was talking to a younger version of me, I would say like, keep fighting for a diagnosis, like keep going and get that because you deserve that. Um, So to anyone younger out there, who's being told like, you're too young to have any of these issues, like you're not, you know, your body better than any doctor 
you live in your body. They see you for 15 minutes, um, twice a year. Like mm-hmm. don't ever trust them as the expert in your body. Like they might be the expert in something else, but they're not an expert in your body. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's kind of what's been in my life. I had to leave the workforce about 17 months ago, um, due to just all of this. Um, so now I write and I think that that kind of is a perfect segue into like more conversation now that I've told you kind of my journey. Um, I think that it's important to find like a life worth living and your optimal health. I think that those two things are really important. Like I eat healthy. I still have 10 out of 10 pain days, but Mm -hmm. I eat healthy. I am going to have a cheap snack every once in a while because my mental health, you know, it's like all a balance and it's Mm -hmm. finding what's optimal for you and Mm -hmm. um, radically accepting that that's the reality for you. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that important part of radical acceptance is like doing what you can and then accepting that that's all you can do. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And like living your, you know, like you said, finding what you want to live for and what you love to live for. And, you know, Chelsea and I, that's hugely about what we, um, I guess like advocate for or Mm -hmm. encourage and stand for, um, I guess, yeah, part of our like platform or our brand or whatever is about that. Like Mm -hmm. life can be really hard. And many of us with a chronic illness may not get to do all the things under the sun, but it's about living your life the best that you can for you as an individual, what makes you happy, what brings you joy every day. Even if you have pain, you know, 10 pain days, 10 out Mm -hmm. of 10 pain days, you know, and, um, so our values directly align with yours in that sense. And I mean, you had quite the journey of diagnosis and so many symptoms. And then with that surgery, and it is so difficult. I know with endometriosis, the surgery situations are really, really challenging. Um, and not more often than not, they are not as successful. They're so not accessible right now. I'm like, go fund me raising money for my surgery because I mm-hmm. haven't been able to work. And so the surgery is out of my realm. And then I'm still far more lucky than so many people because I have insurance. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many barriers to access. And, and so many insurance don't pay for a lot of endometriosis oh, treatment yeah. or surgeries. My last surgery, um, cause I just want people to understand because Right now, ablation is what's considered like what most doctors do, even though it's not a good treatment for endometriosis, they burn the disease instead of taking it out. And um, so a big part of like my goals is to like help with other warriors trying to ban ablation um, for doctors and get them to stop doing it because until they stop doing it, insurance is going to keep covering that because it's a cheaper procedure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a far cheaper procedure than excision. So I decided to get excision and I got it at a university hospital so that it would be covered under their charity care. If it hadn't been under charity care, it was going to be $17,000. Yeah. And that's Dang. the reality for so many people. And then it was a surgery that was ineffective, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. And so even though I got like excision, it wasn't with an expert. And so then it's even another barrier to access. So I think that, cause at, at least at the hospital, it was under charity care, whereas at 
these other places that are the experts, they don't have those kind of programs. Oh gosh. This is so frustrating. Yeah. Um, we talked to, um, Oh my God. My brain today, you guys, I, I was so worried. Ray, Renee, I was wondering what you're trying to think of. God, I was like, Oh my God. Ray Ray does it. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. So we had her on a podcast. I think it was last summer, which is crazy that it's been that long, but she was working on a petition in the UK to have Mm -hmm. endometriosis recognized as like a disability because it wasn't over there. And And I just felt like that was so important too. It's It's not not here. here either. I was going to say, I'm in the process of applying for SSDI. And if anyone else out there is, I recommend you getting a lawyer before you even start. Um, you will pay about the exact same and you don't actually pay. It comes out of your back pay. Um, so I know that like some people are able to work. I'm not because I have so many unbearable yeah. days. Um, and because of my nerve pain and brain fog, like, there's just a lot of things that stand in the way. Um, I even volunteered at a place that then asked me to stop volunteering because I wasn't consistent enough. So like, that's, that's like the reality for me right now. And again, it's accepting that. So right now we have a garden outside that my partner mostly takes care of. And I just pick some tomatoes and I sit on a stool in the kitchen and cook because I love the smell of cooking and I write poetry. I do what I can. And those things like make me so happy. And so I think that like, no matter where you're at out there, like you guys are doing something that makes you happy to like help mm-hmm. others. I'm, I'm assuming like you like, to Oh yeah. We like what we do. <laughs> we do love, we do love this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so like you're doing something that gives you like a lot. And I also feel that way so much. Um, like every message I get about my poetry, just like I was having like such an awful day and then somebody like posted a, a thing from my book and I'm just like, oh my gosh, somebody in mm-hmm. wherever is reading my words right now. And that just like makes it so much better, you know, and you guys are mm-hmm. authors too. So you get that too. Like, oh, it's super moving. I mean, even just like a post, even if like we get DMs about our podcast and for those of you who have ever sent us a DM who are listening it literally means the world to us. It does. Yeah. It literally like feeds it. our little souls. Yeah. And people does. who also send us an email. It's like, oh yeah, all the things. I almost kind of want to put a little thing. If you like something that someone has done, please yeah. tell them. Yes. You know what? Anyone. Yeah. yeah you will make me. their day, their, yes. week, their week, their life. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. I, I yeah. Okay. So comments. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's funny you say that Chelsea, because just the other day I was thinking about that. Um, and I was driving out of my neighborhood and I just had this like thought where I was like, okay, so I need to buy like 30 cards and like on the slide, get addresses for everyone, because I want to just send a note of appreciation to all the people I love. Right. (laughs) And that's the kind of person I am. And I often will like send a text, but yes, for those of you out there, like just yeah. Leave the review or send the email or the text or the comment, because it really does make someone's day and they don't always hear the positive enough. And yeah. we all, you know, we all need to do that. Oh yeah. I did do that kind of the other day with the airy change makers. We had, we have a group text yes. with the airy change makers hadn't talked to them in months. And then just the other day I was like, I miss them. And I just messaged, I miss you all. And it is important to just say it. You know, yeah. I mean, I was going to say one of my favorite things that my mom said was, if you see someone without a smile, give them one of yours. 
Aww. Oh my God. That's so sweet. Right. It's like you, that can literally make someone's day. Yeah. Like it's, it's not common that I see somebody just like absolutely like feeling broken and then their whole smile changes, but that happens. Like every once in a while you can smile at somebody who just like, you can yeah. tell in their face and their soul that like they needed that smile, you know? Oh, mama Boyer. That is so sweet. What a sweet thing to say, you know, Mm -hmm. that's actually like a really nice reminder because throughout the pandemic, you know, we all had our masks on and then we Mm -hmm. were like afraid to be with people. And so those little moments of when normally you might chat with like the checkout attendant at Whole Foods, you like didn't Mm -hmm. anymore. And I was always that person who was super chatty with like everybody and Mm -hmm. anyone, waitresses, everybody. And in the last year I did get more like introverted. And then, Mm -hmm. um, in recent months, I've been a little overwhelmed with just a lot going on in life. And I have noticed that I'm kind of standoffish to people. I'm not super friendly. And I do always feel weird about it. Like I wasn't very talkative with that guy, or I just was sort of like, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah. Nice day. You know, start ruminating. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's just such a nice reminder that you're right. Like a smile or just like something nice does go a super long way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's, I'm really glad that you shared that. Yeah. Your mom was absolutely. obviously a, a sweetheart. Yeah. I remember, um, one of my favorite stories is she had a nurse, um, who was very upset because she had lost her partner in, uh, overseas, uh, in the military and, um, they were about to get married. And so my Aww. mom convinced her to do a posthumous marriage and, the woman came in a couple of days later, having married her deceased husband and uh, was just like, that was the closure I needed. And just like, oh, I just like, oh, it, it's those kind of people like, like my mom and like that nurse who came back and shared it. It's both of those people who like really matter, like who are needed to like, just have those reminders. Like I like you guys' podcast for that. And I like, um, in 16 years podcast for that, uh, it's an Indo podcast for anyone who's listening to this specifically for Indo stuff. Um, so Perfect. yeah, oh, I want to check that one out. I haven't heard of that one. Oh my That's gosh. Beautiful. Amy is amazing. Amy is so fun. Um, so yeah, I definitely, I think that just being friendly to others goes a long way. And I know it's so hard right now. Like we're all really burnt out. Like, yeah, I think everyone is so burnt out, but just, I think it can fill your cup back up too. I you know, mm-hmm. I'm an introvert, but like, I mean, I know you probably can't tell. Uh, I like I like people. It just is more draining. Um, but I think that like making the best of your time with people then is like really important. Like mm-hmm. I'm, if I use spoons to go like see somebody or like to go to the coffee shop or whatever, like I should smile at people because then they're going to smile back at me. And it's just this like circular mm-hmm. happiness. I think that that was kind of one thing I was going to talk about with radical acceptance, uh, one skill or whatever. So radical acceptance is from dialectical behavioral therapy, DBT. Um, I like it more than CBT because it's a little less gaslighty about like your life. Like, I think it's okay. We're all going to have pain in life. And those Mm -hmm. of us with chronic illness have a very specific type of like physical and emotional pain, but not accepting that is what creates suffering. It's pain plus non-acceptance equals suffering, Mm -hmm. but pain plus acceptance can equal just like living your life. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that like accepting that pain, a good skill to do that with is um, half smile and willing hands. So you just like meditate for a minute with like a small half smile and you have your palms open, um, just like up in your lap or whatever, just like ready to receive like the good energy. And I like to like breathe in dark smoke for like mental smoke and then breathe out light smoke. Personally, that's a good one for me. Um, but just like those small, like positive, like two minute meditations Mm -hmm. brings that like acceptance of the situation. Like, and I think that so many people confuse accepting with like approving and liking, Mm -hmm. like, I don't like having a chronic illness. I don't like being in pain, but I can accept it. And then I can Mm -hmm. sit here with my heating pad instead of sitting here without it and being in pain. Yeah. I love that you, so I know this is a podcast, not everyone can see the video, but Maggie just lifted up her heating pad, which I love because Cassie, do you have your hot water bottle on you? So I don't because I didn't have time to fill it, but I wish oh, I did. But, but normally Cassie <laughs> is it. sitting there, either you're holding it on her belly or sitting on it. Mm-hmm. And so it was just one of those moments where I was like, oh my gosh, like it just, it's the normal for so many people. Yeah, and, I know. and we're all about normalizing the experience that everyone's mm-hmm. having. And so I just, I don't know. I just, I loved that. I just was like, oh yeah, I, I did too. I definitely noticed that you had that a while ago and I was like, oh yeah, I mean, I have like gotten a bigger purse and my son and I went to the movie theater for the first time since the pandemic. Of course, Mm -hmm. we used to love going to movies and I shoved my hot water bottle in my bigger purse to take it to the movie theater. Cause I was like, okay. I was like, should I take it? Do I need it? Oh, and I was like, I will have a better experience if I just fucking take it. Why am I yes. not taking it for everybody else? That's stupid. And then I filled Make it up and I took it. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and then my son wanted to get like popcorn. I can't eat popcorn having Crohn's. So I took mm-hmm. my gluten-free pretzels. And then when he had his salty snack, yeah. I had my salty snack. Yeah. And it's those little things. And it's like, just do it so that you can enjoy life, life. better. Yeah. yeah. And like, I know which foods trigger me the most versus others. So like, if I'm going to cheat, I have to radically accept like this one's going to have more long-term consequences than this one. I'm going to choose this one, you know, like, I don't know, like sometimes I make brownies, like gluten-free brownies Mm -hmm. and they have sugar in them and sugar is kind of a, it's a kind of a trigger for me, but it's not a huge trigger for me. So it's like, I try and avoid most like non-fruit sugars, but like when I'm PMSing, I'm going to have some brownies, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it gluten-free Cause gluten is way more of a trigger for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that like, ex- exactly like making yourself happy and comfortable. Cause I think it's also a balance between like mental health and physical health. Like 100%. Yeah. Oh, I loved how you just said yes. that. I agree Thanks. completely because we, and I said this on another podcast, but just a few weeks ago, maybe a little longer than a few weeks ago, I like walked into the Pilates studio to Chelsea carrying a chocolate croissant from Starbucks and I got diagnosed celiac this year. So Cassie I should, should not have gluten. <laughs> I should not be eating gluten. My mom's Sci- very celiac. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Scientifically proven. And there I was. And I walked in. I was like, Chelsea, I really need this. And I'm going to eat it. And I'm going to enjoy it. And, and I'm going to regret it a little bit later. But then I'm also going to be happy that I ate it. Yeah. And that was one of those things of acceptance. I accept that I will feel like shit. But to me right now, it's worth it. <laughs> yeah. The pros and, and cons. Like literally that's mm-hmm. another part of the skill. If you're still feeling stuck about something, then like make a pros and cons of like accepting versus rejecting reality. Right. Like if I reject reality and I 
like, I don't even know. I'm trying to like make it into one of the examples we already did. And that brain marks too much for that. So never mind. <laughs> but the acceptance is really huge. And um, I think the way that you put it, it doesn't mean you're liking it or like approving it. And that's definitely also something that Chelsea and I really want to help people with. Like in our community, it's like, you know, life, life can be really shitty. Sometimes health can be really hard to deal with. And also this is the only life that we're living in this body, yeah. at least in this vessel. I only get mm-hmm. like what, 50 plus more years or whatever. Yeah. Or so mm-hmm. at most like. Yeah. I so like may as well. Good. Exactly. May as well enjoy it and find ways that you can enjoy it. Yeah. Like these illnesses are never like they're chronic, you know, they're never going away. And like some people might go into remission and things like that, which is like awesome. Um, but like these illnesses don't just like disappear. And so you're right. Like you have a whole life ahead of you. I think that it's so in applying for SSDI, I kind of talked about it with my partner. I was like, I only have the ability to have hope right now. Like I can like Mm -hmm. designate like 10 minutes a day to worry about it or like one morning a week to like get everything together and like worry and be like, Oh my gosh, what happens if I don't get this? But we were talking about it. I can't spend the next two years in that anxiety. I have to live in the, I hope. And I, I believe that I like need this and that I will get this. I believe my lawyers saying like 90% chance. I believe those things instead of constantly worrying because like the next two years would just be awful. I think worrying about something makes you suffer twice as long. Hi y'all. We're here to tell you about vessel oils, CBD products. We freaking love them. I have been using them for years and was thrilled to become an ambassador for their company to offer you 10% off using the code Spoonies Unite, all caps. They have CBD gummies. They have tinctures. They have face masks. They have bath bombs. They've got all the good stuff. It's great. It's awesome. It's full spectrum. They also have CBN and CBG, which is basically this new CBD specialized CBN is specialized for sleep. CBG is scientifically proven to help gut inflammatory disease. So I am taking the tincture every single day to help my Crohn's. I love the gummies to help with my nausea, especially. And I love the gummies and the CBN to help with my sleep. I'm literally consuming CBD basically all day and all night. And I'm all about it. And I have had such great symptom relief when I did not think that was possible. Give them a try. There's so many CBD companies out there that don't work and it's a freaking waste of your money and it is so annoying. This is not one of those companies, which is why we are repping them. So again, vesseloils.com, V-E-S-L-O-I-L-S.com, Spoonies Unite, all caps for 10% off. That is so so true (laughs) um I've talked on the podcast about having some anxiety and I honestly think a lot of my anxiety it comes from worry like Mm -hmm. and there's times I wake up in the morning and I'm just feeling anxious and I can't tell you what my subconscious is worrying about but something's there and so when I spend more energy worrying about something that just makes that worse yeah. It's one thing to wake up some days and just be kind of like, oh, I'm experiencing some like physical symptoms of things. Like I, I, my body feels the way like it does when I know I'm anxious, 
and making that worse is not, is not helpful. Um, and I think it's nice. Um, Cassie's generally my friend that picks up on the fact that I'm stressed about something. I'm currently planning a wedding and it's in um, October, right? it's in October where we're, um, as of recording, we're just under two months away <laughs> and it's super fun and exciting. And Cassie's always in that friend that reminds me you should, you hope you only get married once. You hope it's a once a lifetime and you're going to have fun. And so Cassie's my friend that reminds me to try not to stress about things too much. And it's good to have that reminder. It's to focus on the good and not the bad. No, I totally get all of that because I was just thinking about when you said that, like the difference between willingness and willfulness Mm -hmm. when you're like, so with radical acceptance, there's a skill called like turning the mind. And it's like, you can either be really bitter and angry about it. Or you can just be like, okay, this is this. I can problem solve this much and I can like, keep going. Like just got to keep going in life and like accumulate the positives and build the mastery and cope ahead and all those things. But like, are you doing it willingly or willfully? Cause if you're doing it willfully, if you're like, Oh, I have to keep going. I have to accept this. Like that's not really like, you're willing to accept it. That's still holding on to that bitterness. And I mean, I definitely have moments of bitterness. I'm like trying to get diagnosed with PMDD. So like, I definitely, I have my really low moments, right? The really bad depression, like that happens to everybody and to some people to a higher extent and things like that. But it's not about those moments. It's about all the other moments when you're kind of like in the middle. I think my therapist, one thing that she said once was, um, the average emotion lasts 60 seconds and anything longer than that is you restarting the emotion often or still being in the environment that's triggering the emotion, which is why, like, if you're in long-term, like, situations that are not safe and stuff, like, that you're obviously, your emotion's going to last longer than 60 Mm -hmm. seconds because things are still happening. Mm -hmm. But yeah, and so it's about being, like, willing to just be like, okay, let this emotion go and move on to the next one. Mm-hmm. That's a fascinating statistic. Right. Oh my gosh. That's like, I feel like that's a game changing mindset shift of, yeah, it's, if you feel something for longer than a minute, you're either allowing yourself to stay in that state mm-hmm. because you're not just processing those emotions or there's something else around you triggering it. And I think that that's just, man, I, the awareness that that can bring is and I don't normally notice it I was gonna say I don't normally (laughs) notice it in the first 60 seconds but like Mm -hmm. I'll use my stop skill which is like I I know I'm talking about all these dbt skills but I think that they should be accessible to everybody Mm -hmm. um dbt is often expensive I was I, I really lucked out with my facility not being ridiculously expensive but um I think that everybody deserves these skills. There's a bunch on Instagram and on my Instagram highlight. So like, I think we also interviewed Cheryl, Cheryl Crow. Mm. Um, she does. She's got um, right. arthritis yeah. Yeah. and she talked about DBT a lot. So yeah. the more I think, yeah, like the more you can get the resources out there, I think the better. Absolutely. It's, so it's like, a, obviously a very helpful one. Yeah. Whenever like me and my partner in a fight say, which doesn't really happen often. It's usually, like I said, in that really low, like right before I realize that I'm kind of like hormonally spinning out, um, there's like a small thing that happens and, um, I'll, I'll be like, okay, I need to stop now, which is a skill. It's like, stop, 
take a breath, observe the situation with like just the facts of the situation and then proceed mindfully from there. Um, Mm -hmm. so I usually just like go into another room, take a second so that I don't like have anything around me continuing anything. And I take a deep breath. And if I'm still sitting here and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so mad about this thing. And I'm like, okay, wait, it's been like five minutes. Mm -hmm. You are being ridiculous now. Calm down, take some deep breaths. What's really happening? And then I can recognize what happened. And I can be like, oh yeah, this thing was a trigger or this, that, or the other. Um, But I think that that's like really important. So don't beat yourself up if you don't get it in the first 60 seconds. Mm -hmm. I've been doing this for years and I still don't get it in the first 60 seconds. But like when you remember that, then you'll be like, oh, okay, wait, it's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. Those are great skills. Like super great. I love therapy. Me too. Everybody. I think anybody, I think anyone in the, on the planet could benefit from therapy. Don't like anyone, Mm -hmm. but also if you're dealing with chronic illness, especially, or as a caretaker or loved one of someone with chronic illness, Mm -hmm. I think that therapy is like pretty necessary and should be always covered. Yeah. I totally agree. Oh my gosh. So we're big fans of people processing their emotions and getting the help that they need and being aware of their life. And I really like the stop acronym. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just take a moment. Okay. Pause. Observe. Wait, no, I missed one. Take a breath. Take a breath. Take a breath. I was just like, that's not how you spell stop. (laughs) I know. I was like, pop. What? Uh, I messed up. That's okay. It's fine. But I I like that. It's for a while. You're it's. It, well, spelling is not my strength. So, but that's a different, that's a different topic, but it's, I think it's a very simple way of just, okay, just, just take a moment to allow yourself just to process what you're going through and then proceed mindfully mm-hmm. forward. And I think, I guess one of the big things that Cassie and I are always preaching is the wrong word, but just wanting to share and wanting to promote is that you get to pick how you view your life. Yes. And that there's nothing wrong with being upset and being negative and having days where you're like, shit sucks. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. But as you were mentioning earlier, you can't stay there all the time. You have to think about the hope, the good days. Mm-hmm. I think and that's I think, so powerful. Yeah. yeah exactly. I think that two things, like anyone who makes you feel more sad than happy needs to be out of your life. Um, that so Yes. Or on if it's close to 50 50, anywhere close to that or tipping over, you need to work that out, get that out. But like, oh man, what's I gonna say? Oh my goodness, the brain fog for me too. Um safe space, it happens. Yeah, there's a there's a couple things. Yeah, you said there's a couple things you need to know. Yeah. Yeah, living a happier life. Sorry, I'm petting my puppy on the floor. I know you've been petting your cat who hops into your lap. No, I just totally... getting too big to go in my lap. So I'm just been, I'm listening to every, I'm here. I'm just bending oh, down and putting his tum tum. Great like, content for uh, our yeah. audio. He's got a round tum tum. I also think that like pets really help with chronic illness. Um, mm-hmm. 100%. Like, yeah. Oh, here we go. So like you need a life worth living, right? So like you got to find some stuff. So like you said, you can sit there and you can sit in this place, but I think that it's such a better idea to like, kind of not plan out. Like you can't always plan when like you're triggered or something, but just kind of like 
plan ahead for moments that are going to be hard. Like I have a Mm -hmm. flare kit ready. I Mm -hmm. have like everything by the couch side because like I'm really lucky. My apartment's really small and it's one floor. So like I, and I, I'm really weird about my bed. Like nobody else needs to follow like my rule of this, but like I have really bad insomnia and pain insomnia. So I don't sit in my bed any time during the day mm-hmm. so that it's very much reserved for sleeping so that my body can try and fall asleep. The one thing in chronic illness that I'm halfway decent at is sleeping. So like, <laughs> I'm going to keep that, but like I am couch bound for like 10 days or so. Um, mm-hmm. Really, really. So for four days, like can't really get to the bathroom, but I'm lucky. Cause like my bedroom's right there. My couch is right there and I have crutches and a partner, but like not everybody has all of that. Um, so How is, I, so I would love to know, like, cause you've talked a little about your symptoms too. And I would love to know a little bit about your dynamic with your partner, like yeah. how long you guys have been together. And because, um, I'm like trying to think back. I mean, I would say, what do you think Chelsea, like half of our guests have a partner maybe half haven't or our audience, maybe the same thing. Yeah. But that's finally a mix. I'm curious. Yeah. Um, that would be a good poll, but I would be curious just like what some of that dynamic is like for you both and how long you've been together and you know if you're comfortable sharing yeah so I think real quick I'll run over just a few main symptoms that I have obviously brain fog um obviously like I have flashbacks um because I was having those trauma responses and stuff I have a lot of nerve pain in my hands and my feet um a lot of chest pain at ovulation um ovarian pain at ovulation pain with intercourse um penetration or not um a lot of pelvic pain, um, difficulty walking during a third of the month or so, um, nausea and vomiting, bathroom stuff, like all sorts of things. Um, so my partner and I met when I weighed 80 pounds. So, um, I had actually, um, gotten out of a abusive relationship and I was on Tinder and I was just like, oh, hey, like, and this was, I was undiagnosed while I was in that relationship. So there was a lot of blame. So if you are undiagnosed and you've had somebody in your life, like blaming you or judging you, like kick them to the curb and make sure that they kick rocks barefoot because you don't deserve that. Um, (laughs) Like you don't need to feel bad if you have to skip doing the kitty litter one day because you're in pain. Um, and you don't have a diagnosis, like don't beat yourself up, please. Uh, and don't let anybody else do that. So I yeah. got out of the relationship and I was like, oh, I'm just going to go on Tinder. I'm just going to like meet some people and have fun and just kind of like rebound. Been in lots of serious relationships. I'm just going to like chill for a while. Went on a few dates and within like seven days, I met the love of my life. Um, <laughs> so we both comment, we're like, oh, Tinder's like a cesspool, but like every once in a while it happens um that's so how like Chelsea had- met her her fiance really yes. oh. on tinder so I completely agree with you it there's some happens. creepy people but you can meet some some good ones they're they're rare but they are out there yeah. um because you are one and your fiance is one and uh, we're proof both of us yes yes so. yes yes so like put yourself out there if you need to so like I went on a date and I went on a few dates with him and we've been together for three years now Aww. um Yeah. So I had always, I had always come close to making it a year in a relationship and falling short, like just before, like we would break up like literally like five days before our anniversary or something. And so being with somebody for like a year seemed like, 
unfathomable to me. And now I'm like three years into a relationship. So it can happen. Um, and somebody like will love you despite your triggers, despite your mental, physical, anything like I promise. So I weighed 80 pounds. I had just gotten my cyclic vomiting syndrome, abdominal migraine diagnosis, the first diagnosis that was not mental health. Um, and I was like, really upfront with him about it. I was just like, you know, like I'm not drinking coffee right now. I drink coffee now, but didn't back then. I was like, I don't, I'm not drinking coffee. I'm having tea because of all this. And I was really honest and it didn't scare him at all. Like he was just like, okay, cool. I'm going to learn about this. And so like one big point, big point. Yay. Look for that. Everybody. Yes. You deserve that at minimum. And, um, so we just kept dating and, when I learned about endo, he was like really encouraging. He was like, you know, you're in a lot of pain. Like I believe you basically. He just was like, and I think that that's the biggest thing. If you're a partner or a loved one of someone with chronic illness, I think that's just the biggest thing. Cause I think that being undiagnosed for so long, which a lot of us go through, cause like, I know with fibro, it's like a two year diagnostic delay. Mm-hmm. Um, on average for me, it was like, mm-hmm. 11 years or something. Um, but like, it's a long diagnostic delay and endo is seven to 10 years. Um, and it's 20 million people have it the same as diabetes, like and asthma. Um, that's so annoying. (laughs) That's so annoying. Right. Um, that's so so annoying. Yeah. So like, you deserve somebody who says like, I believe you and you deserve friends and family and a partner that says like, I believe you. Um, and that was like really big for me. Cause I don't think I had ever had like going to the doctor. My parents believed me when I was in middle school. Right. And they were like, Oh yeah, you're having all this pain. I believe you took you to the hospital, but when they don't find anything for years and then they were like, Oh, it's just psychological your family typically believes the doctor. Um, and like, I don't blame my family. Like we talked about that since like you were just doing your best at that given time. I think, but that that's still big- stinks that that doesn't, that they oh, weren't. Yeah, it definitely yeah. stinks. And that's why I want to like validate anyone out there who like had that experience. Like that does add a, a special burden, um, and like mental pain. So like having mm-hmm. somebody that does believe you is crucial. Um, so he helped me fight for a diagnosis. He was the one who was here after my colonoscopy and endoscopy that didn't find anything. He was here after my surgery. Um, he started moving in at the beginning of the pandemic um, slowly, but his lease wasn't up to like May. So he moved in May of 2020. Um, and he just kind of like, he gets, <laughs> the only time he gets angry is when I do too much. <laughs> And he doesn't Aww. even like get angry. He's just like, why did you do this? Or like, he'll come into this room and I'll have like pulled the entire closet out. And like, I'm redoing it while he was like playing video games. And he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, yeah. no, no. And he makes me sit down and finishes it. So like, you deserve somebody who like Aww. makes you save your spoons. Um, That's yeah. so sweet. Well, I'm glad that I asked that question because I think you've just inspired a lot of hope for those of us who are single out there in the world navigating, there. you know, dating and they are out there and you know, the apps are where it's at, man. My sister-in-law met her husband on match. They've been together for years and 
you know, I just think that's really wonderful. And it just goes to show that there's incredible people out there. They're out there. They're mm -hmm. looking for people too. Like that's the Mm -hmm. thing. Like there are incredible single people who are looking for other people and it really stinks. It really stinks that like we go through so much ableism and like so much just like bad duds Mm -hmm. and disbelievers but like I promise you that it's out there I think Mm -hmm. that like one of the first signs that everybody's different and what they look for in communication so like don't take this as like a standard but um I like we were just immediately like exchanging paragraph long texts and like immediately like I canceled my like three upcoming dates because again I was just trying to be single and have fun I had never really done that I never really just kind of like gone on casual dates and so I was like trying that and um yeah I canceled the rest of my casual dates um and yeah so he did too and it was funny because we didn't like define the relationship for so long because I again I was in that like weird wanting to be single place but like I really liked him so it took like two or three months and then like some little thing happened like there was like a sock in my room or something and it was his and he was like caught off guard. He thought it was somebody else's and he like got all sad. And I was like, no, no, like that's yours. And then we like talked about it. And so it was just, it was really cute. I don't know why I had to tell that story, but it's just cute. But look for somebody who like, isn't avoiding you. Right. Like, I think that if you're chasing after somebody, that's not the person for you. You deserve to be chased and to chase and like, feel like it's like, a relay I don't know <laughs> Aww. yeah because you're both so cute. that's so cute yay oh I'm super glad that you shared all of that with us thank yeah. you absolutely absolutely it's like I just promise you guys that there's hope and like you deserve friends that are supportive a relationship that's supportive and like an art like really quick I'm just gonna plug my book oh so I have, please I'm please plug you your book so I write poetry and I, I do it because I think you need something, especially if you're like more homebound like me, you and anybody because chronic illness is lonely, like, right. You know, mm-hmm. we're all sitting there like crocheting. I love it. Um, like find something that you can do. I can't crochet because my nerve pain in my hands, find something you can do and mm-hmm. really like put your heart into that. And so that you like, you know, I think that a good place to start is look at what you liked as a kid. Look at what you liked before you were in pain and like how you can adapt that. Um, Like I no longer write long form in journals. I no longer, um, I don't write a lot of like full length collection stuff because my hands hurt too much to type that long. So I write more poetry than anything. Like find how you can like be yourself. So I- before I got sick, I went to Brave New Voices, which is a um, one of the big like poetry spoken word festivals and competitions. I traveled across the country and I did all these things. I can't do that anymore, but I can meet with people online and go on these podcasts and talk with you guys mm-hmm. and still feel connected, you know, mm-hmm. to the outside world and like through my craft. So I think that like finding whatever that is for you is like so important. And I think that social media can be really toxic, but it can also be like a really good place to find other people doing those things. Like I found you guys on Instagram, you know, Mm -hmm. like things like that. So 
couldn't yeah. agree more. Oh my goodness. Maggie, where can people find your book and connect they, with you when they, they want can to? order this online at any store. It's available at Barnes & Noble's, Target, Amazon, wherever. I do know it's on sale on Amazon right now. And I want to give you guys a coupon. I'm going to set it up right after I get off of this. So it's not up the second that we're recording, but it will be up like today. Yay, um, thank you. Yeah, so there's a coupon. It's on sale on Amazon if you have Amazon. So I do think that would be a cheaper option. And the book is, money. it's called a When I Bleed. Well, sorry. Yeah, it's called When I Bleed, Poems About Endometriosis. Um, my name is Maggie Boyer, and you can find me. I'll send you guys my website. Um, mm-hmm. and It'll be it's in just the show w- notes. Yeah. It's just www.maggieboyer.com. And um, I want to give you guys a coupon, Spoonies Unite, um, $2 off of the book on my website. So if you do want to order it through my website and have it like signed or whatever, you can do that. Oh, so, thank you. Absolutely. So it's all about endometriosis. But my um, grandma has fibromyalgia and she read it and she said she connected with it. Um, so I think that anybody with chronic illness will get something out of it. Or if you have a friend with endo, you should get it because they'll really appreciate it. It does have in the back a little guide for how to get treatment help for endometriosis specifically and where you can go for resources and just a little fact sheet. So, oh, that's Thank amazing. You. I love that you've taken something that gives you joy, but is it, it has resources to help people going through something yeah. similar. I think that yeah. that's, I just think that's so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for having me. Of course. Thank you so much for coming on. This has been so much fun. Maggie, you were such a bright light. I agree. This has been so fun. And I know our listeners can't see you on video and how animated and just bright you are, but I'm sure that they're going to get those same vibes coming from just your voice and your conversation. I've had so much fun talking to you. You really are full of hope and it's just thank you for sharing your story with us we really really appreciate it thank you guys for having me i'm on oh last thing i'm on instagram to plug Mm -hmm. um at maggie dot rights like r-i not r-i w-r-i-t-e that's why is why is there a w in right like why Why? i'm an author i promise But thank you guys so much for having me. And thank you guys for all for listening. And um, yeah, I can't wait to keep connecting with you guys. So we can't either. Yay. All right. Have a great rest of your day. I hope it's low symptoms and high spoons. Yay. You too. I love that. That's so sweet. Thank you, Maggie. Thank you guys. Have a good day. You too. Bye. Hello, everyone. Because you're listening to our podcast, I'm assuming that you at least semi enjoy listening to Cassie and I banter back and forth and talk to our guests. But if you want to like actually talk to us on a daily basis, along with all of our other very fun friends in our wellness hub community, you should come join. We talk about all the things real life, just like on our podcast. We do not have any boundaries inside of the hub. It is a place where you get support from people that get it in a uplifting way. You can bitch, whine, and complain about anything going on in your life, but also get celebrated for the things that are going well. It's a well-rounded community and we would love to have you be a part of it. You can meet and connect with people who are going through what you are and have similar interests and who want to freaking live the life of their dreams. You can join us and feel understood in a safe place and get support in pursuing your dream life. 
You can hop on our live workshops and participate in themed discussions. And of course, access all of our archives of classes, workshops, and resources such as flare-friendly dances and all sorts of other stuff about gut health, all the great stuff. We have it all here in one place. It is brand new. It is revamped. It is one of the things that we are like so excited about right now. And we really want to have you there. There are two price options to choose from. Buy one, give one for a scholarship option. So check it out. All the links are in the show notes or you can DM us on the Instagrams if you have any further questions and we'll show you how awesome our community is. Yeah, come hang out. Thanks for listening to this episode. And if you love this podcast and want to show your support, please leave a review, share the podcast with others, or join us in the Wellness Hub community. These little things really do help to get our podcast out there to others. If you'd like to connect with Cassie and I, you can find us on Instagram at The Real Wellness Hub or on our website, mywellnesshub.co for all sorts of resources and to find our Wellness Hub community.